everybody loves Fridays. How we doing, ladies and gentlemen? This is episode number 136 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So everybody loves Fridays for different reasons. Some people love it because it's the end of the work week and the weekend is here. For me, it's just another day to kick ass and inspire, inspire the masses. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about, we're going to go over the journey of a businesswoman, and her co-founder and how they how they started a business to help eliminate student debt. But first, but if you're new to the show, this is all about overcoming obstacles. So it's an hour-long show, and we get deep into our guest backstory, find out how they got to where they are and why they're doing what they're doing, and see what similarities lie within their story that you can relate to in your own life and maybe help you break through some things that are holding you back in your own life. And about me, you want to know about me? Let me tell you. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of, front of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what you're passionate. It starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again all that stuff I was like you know what like I want to be able to take this even bigger if you know why you do what you do you have to know how to charge for what you do that's how you're going to change your life and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family you gotta know your work That's me in a nutshell, father, writer, speaker, soon to be author. But the biggest thing that I want I want you to take away from, from this stuff is that life is too short to be miserable. It's absolutely too short to be miserable. You gotta you got do what it is that you have to do that puts a smile on your face, no matter what it is. If you're in a career that's unfulfilling, you know, just go back. I mean, obviously watch today's episode and go back and watch. I have a hundred other examples of people who are in the same boat where they were doing okay in life, but we weren't born to be okay. We were born for greatness. We were born to do amazing things and to leave a footprint behind for our children and our loved ones to follow when our time is up on this earth. So you guys know on Tuesday, I started with the teachable moment. So today's teachable moment, we're going to talk about emotional mastery. And what does that mean? That means when something bad happens to you or if something bad is said to you or something offensive is not letting it affect you. Let's go back to when we were three years old and our parents told us sticks and stones will break your bones, but names will never hurt you. But yet as adults, we let names hurt us left and right. And you don't have to. It's like you can, you choose the power that a word has to you. Like if you're a female and someone calls you the B word, you choose how that word affects you. If you're a person of color and someone calls you the N word, you choose how that word affects you. And with every other demographic out there that has offensive terms about them, you have a choice in how you respond. So when things come at me, I choose to pay it no mind because I know who I am. I'm secure with who I am. Somebody else's opinion of me is not my business. And I'm focused on motivating the masses. I'm not going to stop away from step away from that goal of global motivation to address some troll who may not like me and they want to insult me. So that's what emotional mastery means is that you are in control of you. Don't give anyone control of your emotions because the second you do that, that person won. Okay. So that's emotional mastery. And that's it for today's motivational moment, teachable moment. All right. So I have a couple guests. One guest is waiting backstage. Another one, I guess he's all diva, so he's he's on his own schedule. So when he gets here, we'll bring him on to the show as well. But for now, 
we're going to bring in Daphne. She is the co-founder of StartNew.com, an online platform dedicated to reducing a trillion dollars in student loan debt and encouraging community engagement. Previously, she, per she pursued multiple business ventures, including industrial automation, entertainment, software technology, and e-commerce. And she's got a bachelor's, she's got a master's, and what's that say, jury doctor. I don't know what that means, but she'll explain it to us. So welcome to the show, Daphne Vanessa. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I love that introduction. You should do that all the time for me. <laughs> I'll be your hype man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, thank you, you so much from? for having me on. <laughs> Where are you joining us from? So I'm joining you from the New York City area. The Big Apple hey. is my heart. Nice. What part? Um, I'm actually in Jersey, so I'm technically not in New York, but okay. because my entire life centers around New York, I actually don't consider myself from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's hysterical. Yeah, I was born in uh, I was born in Far Rockaway. Oh yeah, okay, Queens. Yes. So yeah, one I, of my best friends went to school there. She went to like I think secondary, like high school, the equivalent. Yeah, we we moved out of there when I was like two and a half, so I know nothing about. Oh. Oh no. Okay. no. <laughs> I, wow. I just it's just on my birth certificate. Okay. <laughs> Other than that, I know nothing else. <laughs> All right. Uh, awesome. Funny. All right. So what we're gonna dive, we're gonna dive in, into your backstory. And you know, once we, we bring uh your co-founder on, we'll we'll get we'll get a little bit into his as well. And then we'll bounce off of off of the two of you as we get into the main topic. Sound like sure. a plan? So. All right, so hold, hold on, don't, don't be trying to take control of my show. <laughs> I'm just kidding, just kidding. All right. So there's the, the first qu question I ask everyone, and let me know like two minutes or less, just who is Daphne? How, how would you describe yourself? So I would describe myself as a person who's really passionate about making an impact in the world, specifically in the area of global financial inclusion, right? My passion in life is helping other people and my purpose in life is allowing for people to succeed and move forward through education, equity, and financial inclusion. I'm really passionate about changing the world in that small space. And I think, I really believe that if people can start to hold themselves up, support themselves, have knowledge, tap into their inner creativity, they can produce more in the world and be happier and more productive members of society. So that's my goal in life. Solid. Okay. And looks like Shamil is here. So we're going to bring him. Are you ready? I don't want to catch you off guard. Are you ready back? All right. I got, I got the thumbs up. All right. Welcome to the show, Shamil Rodriguez. Oh, thank you, you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to, to the show. All right. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time. And so the, the same question I just asked her, how would you describe yourself? Uh, I would describe myself as somebody who uh, likes to move in different directions, but move quickly, right? So I'm, I'm a person that likes to bring people together. Um, I've had experience in my background of community organizing. I've been on boards of, of, of community college. So it really ties in with what we're doing with Start New. So yeah, I would say that I, I like to bring people together. Um, I'm a, you know, person that likes to lead uh, when the opportunity presents itself to try to connect people. Uh, so yeah, that's how I would describe myself. Okay, I love it. All right, so back to Daphne. What was your childhood dream? My childhood dream was to actually go into music. Um, I wanted to entertain people, I think, but I realized you wanted that, to be the next Janet Jackson. No, actually, I'm a pianist, so um, okay. I, maybe Alicia Keys. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to be the yeah, Alicia Keys. Actually, I love her music. Um, I, I still play it to this day. But I, I realized that my relationship with music was really one that was personal. And when I did start getting paid for singing and performing, I saw it sort of draining me and taking away the beauty of what music means to me, which is that there's like just this amazing feeling that happens when you're playing the piano and you're in the right key and it's, it's, it's reciprocal, it's, it's beautiful feeling. And so I realized that that relationship that I was having with the piano, that relationship that I had with music, I wanted to actually keep personally. And I wanted to expand into my other interests where out throughout my entire life, there's sort of been this mission of service. And it started from when I was really small, probably just seeing my family, I have to be honest. But I remember once 
going back home to see my grandparents. And I arrived in Haiti and there were a lot of people crying and asking for money. And I started crying and my grandfather said, stop crying. I was literally like 11. (laughs) He's like, stop (laughs) crying, suck it up. If you want to do something, then you should just make a plan, execute and do something about it, essentially. And I was like, oh, snap, like no sympathy. (laughs) He was very just like, (laughs) get something done. And so ever since that moment, there's kind of been this foundational um, need to serve inside of me that whatever I did in whatever capacity it was, I was always looking to help people advance. That's what makes me happy. That's where I find joy. And so it's it it started there. So my childhood started out in a place of service and a place of wanting to do that. And every little step that I've taken along the way has been towards that goal. Yeah. See, like I said in my opening speech there about if you're in something that's unfulfilling. So even though you were in music, you, you had a passion for, for music, it was, you found it to be draining. And I can relate to that. When I started my, my fitness business, it's, it, it, it was a hobby. Like it wasn't supposed to, to become a business. It just right. wasn't. Yeah. It was just me and a couple people having some fun, getting back to my athletic roots. Yes. And then next thing you know, it grew and grew and kept growing and kept growing. And then it got it got to the point where we had almost 300, 300 clients. And and it was it was cool. And it was no, nothing about the people. Like I loved all of the people. I just didn't like the business end of it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, then they start having to think we need X amount of people. Like I, I didn't want to look at them as dollar signs. It's like exactly. these are people who are coming in and they need my assistance. Like they need my guidance. They need my motivation. It's like I don't and I don't if they, they can't pay me like I don't want to just cut them off because right. they can't pay me. <laughs> you know, like like you, I, I'm very heart centered, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I can't just cut pe- people off like that. So I struggled with, with that end, but I scaled it back now. To where I have way less clients, but I'm way happier now because that yeah. pressure isn't there, you know. So, Shamil, what's uh, what was your childhood dream? Am, am I pronouncing your name right? Yeah, you got it, Shamil. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, no, uh, for me, my childhood dream was more of an idea, uh, just leaving an impact, whatever that meant, right? Um, I don't know if you if you ever came across some people were like, "What's your tomb tombstone going to say?" And so, I don't know when that moment happened, but for me, the idea of like just making my own debt in the universe, whatever that might mean. Uh, so that was really like a, a big driving force for me. So that kind of drove me in different directions. But a, a big part of that was through education, right? A lot of my family said like, look, school is the way to go. College is where you're going to go. It's going to be like your launching pad to achieve those dreams, whatever they may be. And um, and so that's what I started doing. I, I was a good student. And I would just have businesses here and there, right? Just trying to make my own impact in my own little way. Uh, whether when I was a kid, literally I would uh, DJ, you know, outside of school or um, do graphics. And, and like, I was always trying to do something that was related to that, um, you know, trying to business or, or just doing, making an impact in some way or another. And so when I got to college, I, I got involved with politics. Like I thought that, you know, changing my community through government was the way to go. Yeah. Uh, I did that for several years from different perspectives. Uh, and then ultimately uh, joined the military and uh, just continued to work on our business here. And, you know, for me, it's always been that driving force of like, what's the theme of like, where, where am I making an impact? How am I contributing in my own little way? And, you know, ultimately like, what's my tombstone going to say, like, did I contribute to society in a positive way? See, you're a much bigger person than I am because my tombstone's gonna read this some BS with a down arrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Daphne, how, how did you two meet? So we met in college in and our stories differ, but we met in college in class. <laughs> um, we were, I think, taking international relations. Yeah. Was it? International mm-hmm. relations. And my, so my major at the time was government and politics, focus in international relations, because I thought that my path towards making a difference was going to be in diplomacy. So I, we were in that class and there were like a certain number of government classes that we had to take. And my history in academics is that I 
I tend to graduate at the top of my class. <laughs> so uh, part of that, I believe, stemmed from engaging with the professor, always understanding the material before I get to class and making sure that I communicated that to the professor, making sure that I was prepared for exams, et cetera. So when we were sitting in this class, I sat in the front as I tend to do. The class was shaped differently. And the professor, instead of paying attention to me, who was sitting in the front, the professor kept walking towards the middle of the U-shaped seats. And I was livid because I said, the professor is not noticing my academic prowess. What is happening? (laughs) I am not used to this. So I changed where I was sitting. And it happened to be where somebody believes that they were sitting. And that's how we met. The Robert changes every time. <laughs> That's how we met. All right. Camille, what's uh, your, your version? <laughs> My version is, is straight to the point because that laid it out. We were in class together. It was a small class, like maybe 15 people. Uh, it was really like a really small classroom. And um, so like I was like after like the first week, it's college. So Daphne is, you know, like sat in my seat after the first week. And I remember oh. when I walked up to her, I was like, hey, you're sitting in my seat. And she's like, we're in college. There are no assigned seats. <laughs> no assigned. I did say that. <laughs> so, I, um, you know, we, we, we left it at that. That's kind of really how we uh, first met, honestly. So the, the details are a little fuzzy about why she sat in my seat. I have a different perspective. Oh! <laughs> I saw the eye roll. I caught the eye roll. <laughs> I couldn't hold it. Sorry. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, but that's that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> All right. So Daphne, how would you describe your overall college experience? I had an amazing college experience, I have to admit, but I'm I'm super lucky, right? I, I graduated at the top of my class in secondary. I went to the right school. You know, I basically walked into the college where we met with um you know, a competing offer of the school that I was actually enrolled in. So I was heavily subsidized. I didn't have to worry about expenses. I'm just giving people context because a lot of the struggle from college comes from having to address the finances, right? Not being able to do that. So my experience was really positive because I didn't have to think about that a lot. I was essentially completely covered. In fact, some years I made money just by being a student because I won so many scholarships. So that allowed for me to really just enjoy the experience, get a huge, fantastic network that is still in my life today, Um, you know, get invited to the right events, meet the right people, participate in all of the activities in New York City of all places. So I had a great experience because I didn't have to worry about the finances. And so that allowed for me to network, meet people, focus on school, um, engage with people who would further and who did further my career and just enjoy being a student. So I say that because I understand that people have those those struggles and they're real and they're valid. And I don't want to be a person to say that, oh, everybody should have a great experience. No, it's not true. If if I didn't have, you know, full and, and extra scholarships, I probably wouldn't have had the same experience. But I was able to give my all in school because of those creative ways of paying for school. Yeah, see, and, and to take it the, the other way, you had those opportunities because you put the work in, you know, it's right. like, that's, that's the message there. It's not, it's not like, Oh, you're so lucky. Cause you got all these scholarships. Like, no, you got the scholarships because you put the work in. You know, right. Like, right. I was applying to like yeah. at least five scholarships per week. So I was writing essays. I was going out there. I was hustling. I was also a, a college ambassador. So basically a campus ambassador, I think they called it. So I yeah. sold spring break trips in college and I made $50 a head and $100 a head. I think it was for the international spring break trips. Um, and then I also was a student ambassador. So I gave tours on campus. I sang for my university. That was the the performance. I got paid to do that. So I sang at the Waldorf Astoria. I sang um, at the Pierre Hotel, uh, Carnegie, just a bunch of places I was paid to sing at. And uh, they paid me for that. You know, I got paid to sing, which is great. Um, so so I, I used a lot of different creative ways. And of course, the traditional like academic scholarships I already had. But I was able to supplement and get that extra income by hustling, applying to a lot of scholarships and using other creative ways to fill in the blanks. Awesome. Perfect answer. 
All right, Shamil, describe yours. Yeah, so my, my experience was a bit different in terms of financing school, uh, but my experience was very positive, like while I was there, for sure. So a lot of the messaging for me growing up was, you're going to school, you're going to school, you're going to school. But the one like gap that we really failed to uh, think all the way through is how are we going to pay for it, right? So um, luckily, we, we tried our best to come up with whatever we could, but the financial aid package didn't cover everything. And I didn't know that you could actually negotiate it at the time. Um, so I took it as it was. And I just said, all right, I got to sign a dotted line to take out the student loan. Like I just signed without asking really questions at all. Um, and went from there. So for me, I just got to campus and got involved, right? So I just joined organizations. Like I, you know, became a resident assistant on campus. Um, I joined uh, the College Democrats when I was on campus. I, you know, got involved with Greek life. So I was just like, here's my opportunity to experience a whole new world, right? I'm meeting people from all over the world, you know, different, different backgrounds, different cultures, different, you know, economic situations, right? So for me, it was like, like it just blew my mind. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed that experience because it really opened up a lot of the things that I now know that I try to share with others because I had really grown up in this bubble of what the world was like before I got there. And so um, that was a really big part of my experience. Uh, and anytime I had a chance to, you know, go to a conference and, uh, you know, volunteer here or volunteer there, like I was all over it. You know, we did these, you know, feeding the homeless, uh, you know, in the evenings or staying at a homeless shelter to, to help uh, those nonprofits that were, that were supporting them as well. Um, or if it was like going on campaigns in the area across the country, literally, you know, imagine they're like, oh, we got free college hands coming to help us. Yeah, let's, let's, all you need is a trip to get there. Okay, we'll, we'll pick you up and drop you off, whatever you need. So that was really a big part of my college experience is that I was like, this is a chance for me to explore the world experience something completely new and then build my skill set so that when I graduate, you know, I'm rocking and rolling ready to go wherever, wherever my life is going to take me, but it's not by mistake. And so um, I was lucky that all of that time, like interning, you know, um, you know, volunteering a lot. I had a job offer the March before I graduated uh, for a full-time gig uh, on a big, on a big campaign. So for me, it was like a big thing. And I only say that because like you were saying, it, it was a, Obviously, part of it of luck, right? You got to get there. You got to get your health and get everything to go to at that point in your life. But it wasn't by mistake. <laughs> it wasn't by mistake at all. But, yeah, and that's, that's the message that needs to get out more about college because it, it burns my soul where people say, well, you know, college is about finding yourself. It's about having fun and experimenting. <laughs> I'm like, like my daughter, my Take older a gap daughter, <laughs> she's in, um, yeah, she's in college now. She's, she's a junior. And before she she went in, I told her, regardless of what you hear in society, we're not paying $100,000 so you can friggin' soul search. <laughs> I said, we're going to figure out what you want to do. We're going to reverse engineer it. You know, yes. like, what, what makes you happy? Write yeah. down everything that makes you happy. Write down who you would like to work with in life. Say, over the next 10 years, what group of people do you want to work with? And then now, what industries will allow you to do th these things and work with those people? You know, then she exactly. wants to go in, into uh, kinesiology. Like, she kind of likes oh, what nice. I do. Nice. How, like, I do fitness, but I do more personal development. I just use fitness as the platform. And so yes. she wants to do that. She she grew up without her biological mom. So she mm -hmm. wants to work with young girls who grew up without their biological mom. You know, give That's them beautiful. and use fitness as an outlet to bring them together. So it's like, it didn't take us long to figure that out. I was like, we're not going... You know, 70 percent of college graduates don't even use their degree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, a large 70%. percentage. You're completely and right, like, and yeah, we're trying so, to reverse that, is, that. I yeah, agree. So like, and that is way too much money to be spending for, for you to go play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, but and I feel like that's the reason because people go into it, they go into it blind, and then they end up graduating. They have a mountain of debt, which we'll get to that in a minute. You know, they have a mountain of debt, and they're in a field that they don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it's like, why, why don't why don't we start like my younger daughter? She's 14 and we're already looking ahead to college at Love 14. You no. Know, so that way I said, as parents, we have 18 years <laughs> to, for them to figure out who the hell they are. 
Yeah. <laughs> 18 years. That's a, and, and to be honest, like if they need more time and that's totally fine, yeah. America has to start, you know, maybe as a culture changing how we think about what's the next step. Does yeah. it make sense to take a gap year and to figure that out? If you haven't figured mm-hmm. it out in 17 or 18 years, I, that's, that's fine. Take a year and you can use that year. You can actually make money while you're exploring who you want to be. You can teach in whatever random country that you'd like to explore who you want to be like, or you can build a business. You can do a lot of things that don't involve incurring six figure student loan debt so that you can find yourself. Exactly. All right. So Shamil, we'll, we'll start with you. So take me through from Daphne taking your seat Oh man! To, to where to where you guys became business partners? Like I like I like how, how, you, did, how did the you chose the right story already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, 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 take me through how the relationship evolved. No, sure. So we uh, we were just classmates for several years, and then um, we ended up uh, working together, working on projects together. Uh, we started dating, and then as we we were like legit, like I'm not BSing here at all. When I say that we were really good working together, like we, anytime we worked on a project together, we were legitimately getting an A, like that wasn't, you know, the question. Um, and it's because we just have good communication. We know how to, you know, delegate with each other and, and, and separate responsibility. So I think that worked out really well. Uh, and then ultimately um, to like speed it up to how we got to where we are today. Um, eventually Daphne went to get her master's. And I know she had mentioned that before where she ended up, literally standing up an entire volunteer program for her university while she was getting her master's in Europe for yeah. several different countries at the same time. So I got to give her credit for that. And um, after she graduated, um, we, we, we got engaged um, shortly thereafter uh, while she was out there. And like then, two days after I graduated. <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> and um, after, after that, uh, we started working together uh, on a project. After we got married, we started, you know, just trying to figure out ways like, hey, what, what's going to be the problem that we tackle? And the idea of Start New came up. It wasn't even Start New at the time. It was like a registry to help people uh, basically raise money for their student loan payments and their tuition, right? So think of like a wedding registry or, yeah. you know, a new baby registry or baby shower registry. And so that was the idea, but it didn't really work. Uh, that well in terms of the feedback that we got people just didn't want to beg for money for their loans they wanted to do something for it so um, that was really how we went from you know meeting each other in class to you know where we are now now obviously i skipped the pun up there but i just wanted to sum it up of like how that i'm sure she'll fill in the blanks <laughs> well, well, a lot of a lot of that was was correct. I have to be honest. Um, besides the beginning, I I did not take anybody's seats because you know there are no assigned seats in college. Um, but bes- besides that small fact, everything else is is really accurate. You know, some of the businesses that we did before were um, you know industrial controls. Like Shamil had this ex- this really niche expertise in automation for factories. And so we thought, Ooh, how can we expand this globally? You know? And so we did that for a little bit and then we did PR for a little bit, you know? So we had other businesses that we were working on where we became better business owners, I think. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's where you learn about managing logistics and forming a company and all of the filings and all of the logistical (laughs) things we sort of figured out on the first seven businesses, you could say. And then when we turned our attention to solving this problem, that's when we got better at understanding our customer, understanding what they want, who's a customer versus who is a user. So understanding sort of the different dynamics in business and relationships happened in this stretch, I would say. And we've worked together the entire time and been able to leverage our strengths. For example, I'm not the best person. I'm not paid. I tend not to be patient. Just one. Um, Shamil is way more patient than I am. <laughs> so that helps in the working with people, managing people. Shamil's your guy, not necessarily me. Although people that I manage do like me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that when we started thinking about, okay, how are we going to solve this problem? looking at how people felt instead of the solution that we wanted to provide, 
I think I give Shamil a lot of credit for doing that and and for really turning our attention to focus on, well, that's not what the, the customer is telling us. They're telling us that they don't want to beg for money. And we saw that that comes from an de- inherent, innate sense in humans almost to contribute to society. Everybody wants to contribute in their own way. I don't know if anybody is truly happy just sitting down on a beach doing absolutely nothing. Even if you are on a beach, you want to do something. You want to either do some caretaking, take care of somebody, or you want to plant a tree, nurture the tree, or you want to build something. Humans, we're creators. We're like mini creators. And so there is an innate desire to contribute. And I think that's why this current model that we have works much better for a user base because they're still contributing. They feel like we're not begging for money anymore. Now I just helped this nonprofit, you know, run a whole marketing campaign and they were able to raise a hundred thousand dollars for, for their next year funding. Or I wrote a grant proposal and I was able to secure $75,000 for this nonprofit. I contributed, you know? And so that is, the presence that uh, we allow users to feel today that we weren't allowing before. All right. So Shamil, describe the, um, what did you just call it? The, uh, the business model. So like describe, like, so I know you said originally you wanted to be like a registry. So how did it it evolve to what it is now? Oh, sure. Good question. Yeah. So we, we started off that way as a registry. And then as we were getting feedback, like Daphne mentioned, we were asking the users, Hey, what do you what do you think? What do you like? And people were honest, <laughs> and we're like, okay. So we started uh, trying to figure out ways to incentivize people, right? And Daphne, uh, you know, as you've heard, has a lot of volunteer experience, and so we were trying to figure out how to marry those two together. And that became when we started offering some of those ideas to the people that were giving us feedback. They were like, oh no, absolutely, yeah, if that's if that's how you guys can create, we would do that. You know, like it was just really that, that natural idea of, sure, I don't mind helping somebody else and then also helping myself in the, in the same respect. So that's how that aspect of it came. And then uh, the most recent evolution or the most recent pivot that we have was this summer where we started switching over to a campus-based model, right? And so we're creating these ecosystems on different campuses because before you used to be able to just sign up find service opportunities, request your payment, and then the payment will go directly to your lender or to your university if you were in school. So what we realized is that we really have to tie in the university, even if you have graduated from school, because that's how we can really serve as like the nexus. It can serve as that like central hub for us to verify that you did go to that school. If you are in school, we can verify that you have. But then more importantly, we can impact the bigger picture, like you were saying for your daughter, right? What are we doing to prepare you for after graduation, right? And so schools are seeing some reduction in their uh, enrollment numbers and the the amount of time that it takes for people to finish school, right? So it used to be four years, then it used to be five years, and now it's even up to six years in terms of average time for it to complete a four-year degree. And so what we are saying here by flipping and, and moving in this direction is that now schools can help reduce the dropout rate for students that leave after their first year, right? Which is something that a lot of people don't talk about, right? So now you've left school and now you still have student loans. And now we can do that because they're gaining real world experience by helping nonprofits with whether their hands, whether their knowledge that they're gaining from school, right? They can actually test it out and see like, okay, I'm a marketing major. How can I help this nonprofit market better? You know, I'm a web designer. Maybe I can help and, you know, update a website for one of these nonprofits because they just don't have the resources to do it on their own. Or even if they do, they don't have the staff or time to do it. Right. So we started really honing in on what it was that every one of our stakeholders needed. Right. So we figured out what students and alumni needed. Right. Students needed to figure out ways to help close the gap for school. Alumni needed to figure out, hey, is there like a reverse scholarship out there that I could take advantage of? Right. Because these student loans, they cost a lot to pay back. Um, nonprofits were saying, hey, we need we need more help. Like just a simple, straight answer. We need more help and we need more skilled help. And so we thought, oh, all this comes together through the university because that's where all of this is happening. And so now we are switching in that direction and that's how we got to where we are today, where if you join the campus, you know, your school has to be on board with Start New. And then from there, we can impact the students, the alumni that have gone to that school, and then now the local community surrounding that school. So now there's that win-win relationship. 
And another part, rather, we typically don't highlight, but we, we you know, I would love to do it here is that our donors are a really big part of how this all works, but they also get transparency. I don't know when you give to your, you know, you give your donations for whichever charities you support, you know, you give your donation and you know, it, you know, you hope it goes to where it's supposed to go, right? Mm-hmm. Just generally like it just, you know, gets to where it has to go is the assumption. What we do is we allow for you to actually see where it goes. So you see the nonprofit that it benefited. You see the actual programs that they created from those funds. And then you see the students that actually benefited. And so now, you know, hey, you know what? I didn't just support, uh, you know, park cleanups or like community development. I also helped help pay student loans or somebody's tuition in addition to supporting a cause I wanted to support in the first place anyway. That's awesome. All right, Daphne. So walk, walk me through how did the school get involved? So a school can get involved in so many different ways. The best way is probably through your campus manager. So campus managers are sort of like the point person on campus to make sure that a university is interested in Start New. And then when it's time to onboard, they're the ones that connect us to their university. And right now what's happening is we have an ongoing petition for any school. So you can go on our website, search for a university and sign the petition for Start New to come on your campus. And once there are, let's say, I'm throwing a number out there, like 51% of people have signed the petition. That's probably a good time just to talk to your university administration to say, okay, now we're ready for starting to come on campus. Over half the population wants it to be here, something like that. So that's what we're running right now. Like Shmil said, it's a new model that we've just pivoted to like literally, I think two months ago. (laughs) So um, the exciting part is that now there will be that central nexus for universities to get signed up with, but the best way for them to get signed up is with their campus manager. They also get a discount that way. All right. Yeah. Like I, before we came on, I sent, I sent the uh, link to my daughter and oh, I nice. said, uh, get, get on this down there. At URI. <laughs> you know, nice. it's, a, it's a great idea. It, 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 it really is. Yeah. It's Thank a great you. idea. So Thank I you know so my pleasure. Yeah. I know dealing with the debt, it's, it's, it's debilitating. One of my clients, she's, I think she's, she just turned 36. I'm going to say, but last year she she paid her her last of her student loans. I mean, oh, congrats! At, at thirty five, though, you know, oh. it's like you, you leave school at like twenty two, twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, at least she that, did it. You know, yeah. but, but it just took you know a decade of paying yeah. that down. The Obamas, you know, so, even too, right? They took them, yes. you know, just as long, if not double. And I mean, I would equate as somebody who's dealt with weight issues throughout my life, I would equate the journey of paying off a large amount of student loan debt with the journey towards getting healthy. So, so just to share a little bit about my health story, if that's okay, I was um, super healthy in secondary, which in the United States is called high school. Um, I was athlete of the year. I don't want to say what year it was to age myself. (laughs) Um, I I was captain of the basketball team, co-captain of soccer. I started on our volleyball team. Um, You know, I was a a fit person. I played sports year round and coming to college, not having the rigidity because I did not join as a student athlete. I just came to college. I, although I did practice with one of our teams. You did, you did practice with the D1 girls team. But so when I came to back to America, I started not exercising the same way that I used to. Like I started to, I lack discipline is, is the truth. Yeah. And when the discipline left, my weight went up. And so I struggled back and forth over years with sort of bringing that discipline back in. And it wasn't until I was able to bring discipline back into my life in terms of health that I was able to manage my weight again and actually probably look even better than secondary. So the, and it's not only about looks, by the way, I'm not saying that um, it's my motivation, but it's not the only motivation. Um, so, so equating that to paying off a large sum of student loan debt, it takes discipline the same way that it takes discipline to know that you're waking up at four, you're doing your meditation at five, you're going to work out, you're doing cardio first, you're doing your weights second, you're alternating on your days, your areas of core focus, the same way that you exercise discipline with your fitness should be the same way that you exercise discipline with your finances, which might look like automatically 
Um, 10% goes towards saving, 10% goes towards investment, and 30% of my money goes towards paying off debt. And I only live off of 50% or less in my income. And this is all done automatically through systems. And so that's the type of discipline that it takes to pay off student loans. And if you're not able to, you know, live below 50% of your income, what are some other creative ways that can get you to that same amount? Is it applying for a scholarship when you're in school? Or if it's after school, is it joining Start New? Whatever that is for you, exercise discipline and schedule it so that you're able to execute against your vision, whether that's losing weight or, you know, paying off your student loans. Yeah. And instead of uh, like discipline with fitness, it's like the discipline people take with their entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Yes, yeah. good. that's a good one. Yeah, because people like that. Nope, Thursday night is girls' night. Nope, yeah. <laughs> Sunday is football with the boys, and like nothing can get in the way of that. Yeah, but then you're gonna come to me on Monday talking about you're feeling like crap and you gain three pounds. You know, like exactly. it's called it's called cause and effect. <laughs> exactly. I'd I'd rather be in the game than watch the game. That that's just been my my quote in life generally. Mm. And so you are in the game when you exercise discipline. No, no what's funny is I, I have a treadmill that has a uh, iPad holder on it. And so like when I watch a f- football, I walk on the treadmill. Yeah, smart. That's the right way to do it. That'll be that'll be the screen in my house. If I ever have one, will be on my Peloton, make my, my makeshift Peloton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Shamil. All right. So of the different the different uh, parts of the, I don't know what I'm trying to say. So you, you had the donors, the students, and the schools, right? Yep. So what's the bigger percentage of your of your membership base? You said, uh, the membership base? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I would definitely say the students and alumni for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it just <laughs> makes the like you said, it's it's a good idea, right? Like the, the feedback that we've gotten, uh, especially this summer and, and recently has been tremendous, right? We've we've really grown uh, in terms of interest across the country. So we've got folks in North Carolina reaching out to us. We've got people in Texas reaching out, Michigan, uh, really, really outside of like our initial, you know, network here. Um, and so yeah, students and alumni make up a majority of our of our base for sure. All right. So so Daphne, I want to assume that the pandemic probably helped helped you guys some. Well, it helped us for sure. But what it meant was that we were able to take time and pivot because our model, while we did have virtual service opportunities available, I would say that our platform was still built more for the Mm -hmm. in-person service opportunities. So we were able to make those upgrades, enhance, and then speaking to people, speaking to administrators, realize that the central nexus really should be with administration and we the pandemic allowed for us to do that. So we benefited from the pandemic in that way. Of course, we're we're incredibly saddened by all of the deaths and people who mm-hmm. have lost a loved one. And that's that's terrible. What our organization hopes to do to alleviate that is really allow for pe- those of us who made it through the pandemic, who are living and who are here to actually be alive by getting rid of your student loan debt so that you can fulfill your actual purpose. Jamil, what's what's your your take on the on the pandemic and and how it affected you guys? No, I think for from a business perspective, right? Because I I want to separate it from like the the reality of what it was like for people to deal with with the pandemic and the impact that it had on so many people. Um, I think Daphne hit it right on the head that we we took the time uh, to really reassess where we were because we were such an in person focused company. Uh, which meant that we had to figure it out. And we did uh, have remote service opportunities, but it just wasn't the same. Uh, and so we ended up evolving and moving the website over uh, to a system that allows for us to function more remotely if we need to. But that's where the the campus-based idea really uh, came out and it gave us the time to um, you know, really build out the platform uh, in that way. All right. So, so Daphne, so ex- explain how it works. So my, my daughter starts this petition for the University mm-hmm. of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. They're, they're interested. What are the next steps? And then how, how yeah. do the students enroll from there? Yeah. So a university signs up, they do all of the paperwork, clicking through, 
and the students are ready to onboard depend on depending on which package the the university chooses they can actually take advantage of the volunteer aspect or they can also use the add-on bonus of allowing for careers to pipeline and what that means is that we have a service transcript feature which allows for you to have verified service opportunities on your service transcript and you can share those on your resume and with jobs that you apply to, and people can see actual experience that's been verified. And this is different in this space. Before what happened was people just wrote down like, I did this volunteer work on their resume, and there was no real way to verify it. And now not only is there a way to verify it, but there's a way for employers to follow up with and see how the student did. So you're building your referral base as you're in school so that you graduate with job experience. Before you graduated and didn't have experience. Now you can have experience. Let me jump in real quick. Sure, go ahead. No, Sorry. So like what I want to know is the gap, the gap yeah. in this. So the school says we're interested. Yeah. What do you what do you guys do next? And then how do the students find out about it? So press releases, large communications is how people find out, you know, Start New is onboarded on your campus. And then students come to register with their student email onto the platform with the unique website that the is given from the university and they they sign up with their credentials and they add all of their information and they can start looking for opportunities what makes this work is having campus managers and campus ambassadors that are communicating and sharing and facilitating the process so campus managers actually get paid to bring their university on campus and campus ambassadors get paid for onboarding nonprofits so between the two different opportunities, you have an ecosystem that's local of what people want. So if you're at a school, you're going to know what type of volunteering is best for your area and which nonprofits in the area are either commutable if it's in person or offer virtual service opportunities that your student base would want. And so the campus managers and campus ambassadors are doing that. And they're, they're getting paid for that, right? It's an affiliate program. Yeah. But at the same time, once those nonprofits are in the area and their university is onboarded, you just click, you sign up for a service opportunity, you do whatever the service is, the nonprofit approves it. That's a really important part of this because if the nonprofit does not approve it, then you do not get paid. And then it's, it's added to the list of credits that you have for volunteering. And once it reaches a certain amount, our hours are paid at $25 per hour. So once you've reached whatever amount of money that you need to disperse for tuition or student loans, you just disperse it and it's paid directly to the lender. It's not paid to the student. So it goes directly to the and university. And it'll never make it to the lender. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. We know yeah. from personal experience. Like, so, huh? Yeah. So, so yeah, it goes directly to um, the university bursar and it goes directly to your student loan servicer. Perfect. All right. So, Shamil, so the biggest benefit to the school is it more, more enrollment? and people staying on longer yeah or... i would definitely say you hit it on the head yeah. for sure so student okay. student completion is a, is a problem right you want to make sure that your students are finishing their degrees right because it impacts how you're recruiting and how students are interested in your school mm -hmm. uh, so we see that building that skill and allowing for students to get more jobs after they graduate is a big way to do that right and you're going to attract more people especially if they think that they can't cover the cost and they get a financial aid package that might be short and there's a gap, right? Let's say there's that gap there. You might be able to offer them, hey, you know what? There's a gap, but hey, take a look at this program called Start New, uh, sign up for it. It might be able to help you close that gap or help you offset the costs, right? So there's that way of doing that. And another benefit that, uh, that universities can take advantage of is that unfortunately some schools have been sued because donors would give money to the school and say, hey, the money wasn't used the way I expected it to be used you know, in terms of a scholarship. And what they can do is they can actually use our program to make sure that the money gets utilized in the way that it's supposed to get utilized so that they can make those donors happy and then also flip that and try to find more donors to help them continue to grow their own endowment so they can offer more scholarships to more students. Okay. And so is this just for universities? I'm just think, thinking about like there's a lot of private schools that have don't, like my, my daughters went to a prep school here in Providence 
and it's all well i don't say all but it's mostly donor funded like both of my, mm-hmm. my daughters had a couple wealthy families that paid their pretty much most of their tuition i only had to right. pay one, 125 a month and they, the donors covered the rest wow. so so would something like that work yeah so right now we're only offered at the higher education level but a lot mm-hmm. of people ask us this question yeah. so we are in the process of exploring i also went to when i was in the states a private school so we're in the option of exploring what sort of opportunities could exist at the, I guess you could call it secondary level. I don't know if we could go all the way down to elementary because I know these same schools are like $40,000 a year from (laughs) pre-K. But (laughs) but we, it's on our list. We're not there yet. How's that? Right now we're focused on the universities and making sure that they're satisfied and that we've got the higher education sort of student loan bubble problem addressed. And once we've looked at that problem, now we can start to think about the secondary groups. However, people who are seniors who have been admitted to college can start using the platform. So mm-hmm. that that's a, a caveat just to be so people know. Nice. And so besides doing stuff like that, how, like this, how do you guys market yourselves? We have not been historically um, the best at marketing. (laughs) People tell us this often. Um, We actually just started sort of doing more appearances this year in 2021. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But so so you do need a hype. You do need a hype man. I do. I do. (laughs) I could be your hype man. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we haven't been the best, to be honest. We, we're not very active on social media, you know, as much as we should be. We are, we're not out there. We just really focus on solving the problem. However, we do realize the importance of, you know, for example, we were recently on a, a program that gave us national coverage and, it, you know, more people are interested and more people know about know about the platform. So there's a huge benefit to that. And, and we're going to sort of make out of plan. It looks look at what we should do this next year. Yeah, because your target market is on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> They're exactly. right there. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Know? yes. Just no, take, we will be addressing that. personality that and say, hey, would you like like to and, like work on your debt while you're in school? Yeah. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course I would. You know, like, do you, do you want to graduate with six-figure debt? That, that's going to ca- capture my attention. Uh, no, I yeah. do not. Yeah, you know? no. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think one of the best things you, you said was that they have to have a certain amount of volunteer hours anyway. So mm-hmm. why not have those hours go towards reducing your tuition and reducing your, your debt? There's so many different ways you can spin this. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of good at marketing. Just saying. No, we love that. We love Well, maybe we should just onboard you. Let's, let's have a conversation. <laughs> there we go. So, That's the solution. No, but yeah, so... um. So what? Is, so what's your big plan? So I know, know you said you know trillion dollars in debt debt reduction. So that's a monumental task. So, so like, what are your what are your short term term goals? Like, say say three years from now, what what do you want the business to look like? Yeah. So three years from now, every univer every Title IV school, so university in the United States, has start new as an option for their students. Um, people are aware of it, so that they're able to say. I want to go to school, I don't want to go to school, or I want to go to this specific dream school. And money is not an obstacle for that because now there's equitable access to the education. We've started to think about different verticals, like you were talking about the secondary school market, high school. um, And then also other countries have exhibited interest in our platform. So thinking about what the model would look like in different countries. So that's probably... In the next three years, the main goal is probably just being in every single university in the United States. Nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I know you touched on it earlier, but like what type of presence d- does your company have within the university? Because there's a lot of universities. You know? yes. So so is it going to be more like web, web-based? Because you had mentioned having ambassadors at each school. So, so like yeah. how much how much staff are you going to need? Or do, do you train people at the university and they handle it? So there, there are training materials on the platform for the administrators who are using this. So that's available to administrators, actually available to nonprofits as well. Um, but what the real 
on-campus presence comes from are the campus managers and the campus ambassadors. They're the ones, like, have you ever seen um, the campus reps for like Red Bull or something on a campus where like people come with the cars, you know? So (laughs) it's that type of a thing, but for Start New. So they're doing, they're running the same sort of campaigns and the people that have applied so far have outstanding resumes. Like these are people Mm who are student ambassadors. They are in Greek life, they know how to organize people. And so that's the type of presence that we're thinking about. And, you know, we've thought about different ways to add creativity, but it's going to come from the students, essentially. The student presence is going to be Start News presence. If a student wants Start New there, then we're there through the student. Love it. Great answer. All right. So, Shamil, <laughs> who's, who's the boss? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there was only one way to answer. Political answer. answer. <laughs> we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna go off air. She'll be like, you're damn right. No. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. So I love I love this. I love what you guys guys are doing. Even when you guys pitched me at the summit, I was like, I de- definitely want to dig deeper, deeper into this story. Thank so you. obviously, you know, I thank you both for coming in. But before we before we go, right, Shamir, we'll start with you. Is to just give just like give a pitch. Say say there's a student and there's a parent sitting here. Sell sell your program to them. Okay, put sure. On, put uh, on the spot. What was that? I said put on the spot. No, it's okay. No, I, I, you'd be surprised. I actually get these calls. <laughs> no, so I would just say, look, do you do you feel like you want to have twenty to thirty years or a mortgage worth of student loan debt that you're going to have to pay off after you graduate? The answer is usually no. And so, if that's the case, then you should look at starting because it's a great way to build in terms of paying down your student loans or your tuition without having to sacrifice being a student. Because remember, in the the Priority here is to be a student. And so let's do that. Work through our program to work with a flexible schedule that allows for you to pay directly those student loans and tuition. And then we'll go from there. How does that sound? Sounds fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. Sorry. Daphne, let's give, give you a pitch. <laughs> sure. Would you like to graduate career ready with the job of your dreams and with no student loan debt? I'm hoping that the answer is yes. And if so, Start News here to help you do that. We help you gain experience because you're working with nonprofits, not only on a volunteering basis, but doing skills-based tasks to enhance your expertise. So if you're a marketing student, you're working on marketing programs for a nonprofit. You're gaining experience and more importantly, references that will help you get the job of your dreams. So you don't graduate with zero years of experience. You graduate with experience, references, and no student loan debt. How does that sound? Sounds great. Is there any cost to the student? No, students don't pay. That, that's the only thing you both you both left out of the pitch. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, it's, it's free. Right. <laughs> it's free for students. Let them know you get all of this and it costs you nothing. Like that's yeah. the ultimate no, no-brainer. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. This is funded by donors. Right. So so students don't pay. Universities do pay, but students do not pay. And this is funded. The student loan payments are funded by donors. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right. So that's our time. So, again, thank you both. So I'm going to do my my closing monologue, but don't don't sign off yet, though, because I want to talk to you guys once we go up there. Yeah. Okay. absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. My pleasure. This was was fun. This was was informative. And uh, like I said, thank you both. So I'll I'll see you guys backstage. Yep. All right. All right. So that was Daphne and Shamil. And this program sounds amazing as a father of one child in school. Now, this completely, I told you, before we even came on the air, I sent, I sent their link. Oh, I, I never put the link on the screen. Right, I sent my link, the link to her. I said, here, get your school on this <laughs> because it, it really is a no-brainer. So you have to put in hours and sometimes get put in work study as well. And this, this can go further. You know, this can go further so you can graduate and not have that mountain of debt. And so it just makes sense. So uh, if you're tuning in late and you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, make sure you go back to the beginning 
And even if you want to, I'll even tell you, you can skip through to around the 35-minute mark, which is where we really get into the nuts and bolts of how the program works. But this definitely works. I'm definitely going to be a promoter for them because I believe in this. It's needed out there in the world, and this is a great, great program. So it's Start New. And for those listening on the audio, it's startnoo.com. Check it out and get your local school involved. Even if you don't have kids in school, just just pass along the information because, as we mentioned earlier, it's all about giving back. So this is your way of giving back. All right. Thank you very much, and have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.